Good morning, folks. Um, it is currently Christmas Eve Eve when I'm filming this, so we still have stockings hung up. We have a tree with some presents underneath and a whole bunch of mess hiding back there as well. Um, but I really hope you've had a wonderful Christmas, even though it's been a challenging one. I just really hope it has been a blessing for you. And this morning, uh, I'm, I'm doing a little talk, but it's not so much a sermon, rather a, a thought, something for us to just ponder because it's, it's, yeah, it hasn't been long. We've probably had a lot of online church services and bits and pieces, but I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. And it revolves around some of the characters from the classic nativity story. So we've looked at all these verses of hope and expectation that come through Isaiah and Matthew. And it really builds this anticipation in our hearts for, for what God was doing at Christmas and what he had planned. And it culminates in that wonderful night um, where the, the shepherds are on the hillside and they hear the the announcement from the angels and they go and they find Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. And my thought is this, and it's similar to what I see on TV sometimes on programs that the kids love, like you've been framed and things like that. What happens next? What happens next? Because for those shepherds, we kind of just leave them there. They, they go and see beverages and then they go around town sharing the good news. But what happens next? Now, I can't turn to a particular passage in scripture because there isn't one that addresses what happens next. But just think about it. These were real people with a real job, real families, real location, real time. And they had this miraculous encounter that embeds them in a story that we have told for thousands of years. Yet what happens next? You see, they, the next day, more than likely, they were on the hillside again, looking after sheep. It was their job. It was what they had to do. It was their responsibility. I wonder whether as they prepared a campfire for that night back on the hillside, whether they were looking at each other in slight expectation that the Messiah has come, what happens next? Did they look up at the, the night sky and to the moonlit clouds as they drifted past and expect another visit from the angels? I don't know. What happened as the weeks passed by and, well, Mary and Joseph had to escape what was a tragedy in that Herod went and killed people that they would have known. What happened next? Did they lose hope? Did they put it down to just, oh, that was just a really weird night? Or did it sustain them through 30 years until Jesus's ministry began? Do you think they heard the stories of this guy from Nazareth and they thought about that night? We don't know. And that's the reality that in our lives and in our Christian journeys and walks with God, we have these incredible high moments where he will do something incredible in our lives and make his his presence and his glory known to us. 
And it's this wonderful high moment of great joy and occasion. And sometimes the what happens next is the hard bit. I don't know whether the shepherds over the years retold that story and whether their kids, as they began it once again, rolled their eyes and said, we know, we know, Dad, you were on the hillside. You were just looking after the sheep. And then all of a sudden the sky lit up. We've heard it a thousand times. And whether the dad continues the story anyway because it brings him so much joy. It's so difficult sometimes in our Christian walk when we go through periods where not much is happening. We aren't having those moments of great joy or excitement in our faith. But for the shepherds, that's exactly what the rest of their lives was probably like. If you look at the life expectancy around that time, if they were already on the mountainside and Jesus didn't start his ministry till he was 30, Did they even see the culmination of it all on Easter? Did they even get to say this is the Messiah doing his work, restoring man? Or was it just this hope of something? We don't know what happened next to the shepherds or to the kings. They came all that way and there was a long journey back. We just don't know. But we have an incredible hope in that for us, we know what happened next in the life of Jesus. We know that Christmas happens and each year again, it will come around and we'll mark Easter. And hopefully things in our country and in our world will look a bit different by Easter, but who knows? But we have that incredible hope that we can always hold on to as an anchor for us. That Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient and it was complete. So do spend a bit of time in this. We're still in that in-between, aren't we, as well, between Christmas and New Year. Maybe just ponder what happened next to the shepherds or to the wise men or to Mary as she brought up other children around Jesus, the Messiah, These aren't things we can specifically turn to scripture for, but we can nonetheless think about them. And when you think about what happened next, take great heart in the fact that we know Easter was still to come. And that we know the full work of our Messiah and we know the full reason why he came and draw great hope from that. As we enter this new year. God bless you all. Much love from us in our house as we prepare for Christmas. And um, yeah, have a good one. Take care. As I mentioned at the beginning, we haven't got somebody leading intercessions formally as such. But I just want to encourage you to take this moment, perhaps to, to jot some stuff down. It's almost a bit like New Year's resolutions, but this is just to think about some tier four living, four things for tier four living, really simple things, but practices that I hope will encourage us and, like I said, help us um, just push through the next two or three months or so. So the first thing is four months. 
to four four months just to have a slightly new horizon. Think about actually in the next four months working our way towards Easter, but think about some of the the rhythms, whether that's the calendar rhythms of the church that help sustain us as we as we work towards Easter, but also some of the spiritual disciplines that you could put in place. So think about perhaps four spiritual disciplines, four rhythms that you want to set up in your day-to-day life that will help you connect with Jesus with God and help you walk through the coming months of whatever they may hold and so that we may know joy in all circumstances. So that's the first thing. Four months, a new horizon, thinking about four spiritual disciplines that are going to help us uh, make our way through the coming months. The second thing is just four things to be thankful for. Just jot down four things that you are grateful for. And, and try and get into a habit, perhaps on a daily basis, of just thinking of four really, it doesn't have to be big things, just really simple things that you're going to say thank you to God for. Because that, that whole focus of just expressing gratitude helps to push back some of the cynicism and the pessimism that can creep in, particularly in these, these darker months. The next one is four people to journey with. Four people to journey with. Think of four brothers and sisters in Christ who you might make a slightly more intentional connection with as we approach 2021 and think about actually how is it that we are going to support and encourage each other and build one another in the faith. Whether you just do that simply through WhatsApp connection, whatever it looks like, but thinking about four people that you can journey with in faith. And the last one, the fourth thing is actually four people to pray for. Uh, again, it, it can be people who you know are people of faith or it may be people beyond the faith, but for people who possibly you're aware that they're struggling in some way or people that you know haven't yet discovered the love of Jesus and you, you want them to discover that vibrancy of life, just for people that you are going to pray for regularly and consistently. So there's four things, four ways of just approaching tearful living that I want you to just take a moment now to so press the pause button if that's going to be helpful and jot them down. So just the four horizon, four new horizons, four disciplines, practices, however you want to phrase it, that are going to help you in the coming months. Uh, four people to, to journey with that are going to help you in your faith. Uh, four things to give thanks for and try and do that on a regular basis. And then four people to pray for. Hopefully that is clear. Tier four living people uh, with God, with Jesus. Oh,